Well, thank you for the invitation. Now, as best as I understand this, we're not, first of all, let's be clear what we're not talking about here. We're not talking about state offenses, federal crimes. We're talking about municipal violations, code violations, uh, things like public intoxication, a long list of things that we have on the books here. I'm sure you have on the books in Augusta as well. Other places have done this. Other places are considering this. Uh, Without getting too deep into the weeds here, what's your initial take on this? Well, that we are talking about offenses other than municipal violations. Now, what they're talking about there was eliminating those cash bonds on municipal ordinances. However, in Athens, they are releasing people on a daily basis on very violent offenses on their own signature. They will state a bond amount and a $10,000 bond for a simple battery and allow that individual to sign themselves out, uh, sign an IOU, if you will. And I just asked one question, is how do you collect money from someone you cannot find? Well, but how um, com- that's have- fairly common, isn't it? I mean, that, that happens in Augusta. That happens everywhere, doesn't it? I don't, no, I'm going to no, set bond not, at $1,000. I'm not going to put down $1,000. I'm just going to agree to pay if I don't show. No, no. It, it, in most areas, if you have a $1,000 bond, you either post $1,000 or your family member might put up property mm-hmm. to, in fact, guarantee that $1,000 bond. Or you might go through a third party, such as a professional bonding company, who has those dollars posted with the sheriff. So if you don't show... He's basically guaranteed that 1000 and he will have to pay. So there is some skin in the game if you don't appear. Which is exactly your business model as a bail bondsman. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the banking business model. When people don't have money to buy a home, they must go to a bank to borrow that money to finance it, if you will. So all we are is enabling people with less resources the ability to, in fact, prepare themselves uh, before their case. All right, Scott Hall, again, a bail bondsman in Augusta and a past president of the Georgia Association of Bail Bondsmen. This has been done, and this is kind of a trend. This is happening in other places. What has been the experience in these other places, as best as you can observe? Well, the expenses have been a horrible and miserable failure. Um, In Houston, Texas, they tell everybody that there's absolutely no difference when people have skin in the game to show up for court versus non-showing up for court. And the attorneys for the city wrote the federal court and basically said that there was less than 5% failure to appear when people had skin in the game. And now there's almost a 50% failure to appear. A full 100, almost full 50% of the court calendar is just ignoring the fact that they, in fact, were accused of a crime, and they're victims. Nobody's talking about the victims. The story that they use is, you know, the Athens-Clark County Jail is full of nonviolent offenders that, in fact, are there for one reason and one reason only is they're poor. Well, here, here are the facts. As of today, there's 428 inmates, I was told, in the Athens-Clark County Jail, less than 1% are being held on low-level, nonviolent misdemeanor offenses. That would be four people, okay? Four people. 
And all four of those people are multiple-time offenders charged with obstruction, you know, shoplifting, DUI, hit and run. So they are, in fact, creating a narrative that doesn't exist. And let me ask you one question. If you've got someone that is addicted to drugs, is their best of course of action to release them so they continue abusing or to separate them from the substance that is killing them? We had one very affluent family uh, in the state of Georgia that, in fact, had their son in the jail. This, this son had been to many facilities across the country, and they had given up, and they just said, listen, we want him to stay there so we can talk to our son and not the drug. But they would have you put this person back on the street so they can continue this cycle spiraling downward until they kill themselves. I don't think that's in the best well, interest. There is the an community. argument, though, that by not having these people in jail, and it's an argument that our commissioners made in approving this ordinance change uh, last week. The argument is you get these folks, uh, you take them out of an incarceration setting, and you put them in a treatment setting. And I would love to see their plan to do that. Who is going to pay for the treatment of these individuals? I'm all for treatment. But they never get to that stage. They make this narrative, and you never see the treatment facility being built. I would ask the commissioners, all right, where where is this facility now? And who is going to staff it? And how much is it going to cost? And what is the success ratio of what you've tried in the past? the The unfortunate case here is you start this philosophy of, well, we're only going to apply the law to people with resources, and we're not going to apply the law to people without resources. And then you have a store owner that comes to you, a grocery store owner that calls the police and says, listen, I've got 15 homeless people in my grocery store that have camped out in front of the cafeteria and just having lunch. And they said, well, it's nonviolent and they're poor. What do you expect me to do? What do you tell the coffee shore owner in Athens that says all of my chairs are filled up with homeless people, there are needles in my restroom, they're in fact urinating, and my customers are no longer coming to my store? Police say, well, the council says we're not to be concerned. If we arrest them, we give them a signature bond, and they don't come back. What do you tell that store owner? This is exactly what you're seeing happen in San Francisco and all over California, these city images. These people that are pushing these policies, that are giving these narratives to your city and county commissioners, in fact, are the same people that think Chicago, New Orleans, and Baltimore are good ideas. Again, Scott Hall with us in Augusta, bail bondsman there and past president, <clears throat> pardon me, of the Georgia Association of Bail Bondsmen. Now, you will hear, I'm sure, and I, I, I promise you when I bring commissioners in here to talk about this and we'll reach out to them, uh, they will say, what do you expect Scott Hall to say? What do you expect bail bondsmen to say? We're taking a chunk out of their livelihoods. They're, they're going to say that you're speaking in your own self-interest here. How do you respond to that? Well, I'm speaking as a taxpayer. I'm speaking as someone who has, in fact, seen what happens when you implement these policies. I mean, at common sense, we'll tell you. And now the statistics, the city of Calhoun, okay, that had 
Mr. Walker. They took this case all the way to the Supreme Court and lost. And in fact, they told Mr. Walker, the police arrested this man on a $160 bond. And the reason they arrested him is you had an African-American male in the middle of the night walking down drunk the middle of a divided highway. And they pulled him over and said, get out of the highway, you're going to get killed. I think it was after the third offense, they had no choice but to take him to jail for his own safety. Now, is that because I'm a bondsman? No. It's at the end of the day, this was common sense. But they said they never should have arrested or he should have been released on his own recognizance so he could go out to that divided highway and walk down the middle of the road so some innocent mother could be driving home and kill a man. Okay, what is law enforcement supposed to do? This has absolutely nothing to do. I'm just the person that's being made aware. I mean, again, if there is a better system, if there is a better system to ensure that victims aren't denied justice because the accused criminals don't show up for court, I'm all over it. Because the same analogy applies to what we call performance bonds. Athens builds buildings all the time, and they build buildings through a program called low-cost bidder, and they allow contractors to bid. But those contractors have to issue something called a performance performance bond. That's right, because government has no way of knowing which one will actually perform. So they ask a third party to guarantee the performance. That is a reasonable expectation. And government has no ability to complete all the failed projects. Bonding is the same way. If you're accused of a crime, government has no way of knowing whether you will appear this time and you might not appear. I mean, Athens-Clark County is not going to chase a DUI offender, okay, or a shoplifter all over the state of Georgia. Most of these agencies don't have a fugitive force dedicated to this at all. And even if you're accidentally caught by somebody else in another jurisdiction, most of these agencies won't go over 50 to 75 miles to return you to the jurisdiction. So you tell the criminals, listen, live 75 miles away and shoplift in Athens. We see it all the time in Fulton DeKalb County. Scott Hall, we absolutely have to leave it there. Uh, We'll put you down for a no vote on this one, though. Scott Hall, again, uh, anytime bail if you find yourself in need of his services in Augusta and a past president of the Georgia Association of Bail Bondsmen. Thanks so much for getting up early this morning. Appreciate your time and your insights on this. Take care.